Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Walk With Me. I am your host, JJ. We're having a great time, and I really thank each and every one of you who join us every single week, or even if you just join us once a month, I still thank you. If you if it's your first time joining us, uh, I thank you. If it's your first time sharing, if it's your first time asking questions, I still thank you. This is all about a walk with, with us, a walk with God. And that's why the the name of the Bible study or the podcast is called Walk With Me. It's not about walking with JJ, it's about walking with Christ. So I just want to thank each and every one of you uh, for coming in today and sitting down and, you know, and allowing me into your earphones or your radio or your phone, however you, the platform you choose to listen to for just a few minutes. Uh, housekeeping. Housekeeping. Always got to take care of the housekeeping. This episode is brought to you by Exquisite Creations and Templar Chronicles 1 New Players. Now, with the Exquisite Creations uh, did take a bit of a hiatus, but uh, I am hoping that she, she starts making cups again. She's, she has so many cups, she could probably sell them for the next 20 years. But she just gets in there and just the creative juices flow and they're just wonderful cups. Uh, I think she still has her TikTok page. And so I would say go ahead and check it out, order some stuff from her, and get those juices flowing. Uh, also, Templar Chronicles 1, new players, uh, sci-fi, fiction, fantasy. Uh, it's got none of the, it's got all of the action, but none of the weird messages you see in, in books and stuff today. So if you have uh, teenagers or younger kids that might like to read, even some older kids or even adults, kids at heart, you you know, this book is good for you. Last time I checked, it was at 4.7 on Amazon. This is a great, great book. So check it out. Thank you all for checking out the sponsors. Now, uh, I, anybody who's been listening, I yes, I did get, I did get your comments, your comments in the email box. Oh yes, by the way, let me not forget to mention that. If you have questions or comments. Email me at walkwithmebiblestudy at gmail.com. Walkwithmebiblestudy at gmail.com. Yes, I know that episode had the loud music. I am sorry. I will. Basically, it's an editing issue. I go ahead and edit the music down and then I'll repost it. So you don't miss any, uh, any links in the chain, so to speak, any bricks in the road, as it were. Um, one more thing next week, the week of the 15th to the 20th, I will be out in Junction City, Kansas. Uh, there's a, a pastor out there. We're going to do some talking and, and, uh, we're going to interview him for the show. It won't be live because I haven't quite figured that out yet, but we will get to get an interview done. I haven't also figured out how to do that remotely. So I will post that interview when I return. In the meantime, you're still going to have an episode. We're still going to have a, a new episode um, waiting for you next week. So don't fret and don't worry. We can still do this thing. Now, jumping right into what we are going to talk about today. 
Um, remember when we were in our walk through the Bible here, we were talking about all of the prophecies that Jesus was fulfilling. And somehow we get the idea, we well, we had the idea maybe growing up or something like that, that Jesus was just going around doing these miracles just haphazard willy-nilly because he felt like it. True, God could do all these things whenever he felt like it, but God was also doing these things because he knew there were scriptures to fulfill. And we're going to wrap that up today. And there's a reason why Jesus did this. So we're going to cover two more scriptures that Jesus was going to fulfill the prophecies. So we're going to look at John chapter 5, verse 1 through 9. And here's the thing. If you've been with us any length of time, no matter how many scriptures we go through, always read a verse or two above, a verse or two below, but preferably the whole chapter. Why? Because context is important. Yes, by now you're probably already repeating it. So if you're repeating it, thank you. That means you at least you learned that part. <laughs> at least I was able to ex express that part uh, because, you know, we don't want any part of the Bible to be taken out of context. I love you all. Um, so here, John chapter five, verse one through nine. And after this, there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. Let me stop right there. That pool of Bethesda was not about you know, you not having any money. That pool in Bethesda was about you having any type of disease. And it's physical diseases. And, you know, there are some commentators that said anybody who was troubled by spiritual issues or was having mental issues, which is a spiritual issue. If you stepped in, if you were able to get into the water first, then, you know, you were healed of that too. So, it wasn't just, um, it wasn't something that was superficial. Like people who were, who had amputated limbs were, and I've not read in some of the commentaries, the limbs would come back. Like this was a really special thing. And verse five, and there was a certain man there who had an infirmity 30 and eight years. And Jesus saw him lie there and knew that he had been now a long time in this case. Said unto him, will you be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. And but while I'm coming, another step is down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now that was a problem. All of that was great. All of that was lovely. Everything was great and lovely until that last little bit because it was the sabbath and if you know anything about the jewish law in the old testament at the time it was still considered the old testament to them you don't do that kind of thing on the sabbath and that was really bad for them and that's what really started angering 
the the religious political elite of that day and because they determined what you could do on the sabbath they took god's word and interpreted it and told the people you can't do this on the sabbath and you can't do that on the sabbath we're not going to get into that just this time but i wanted to point that out to you because this is when things started this is when jesus started making enemies well this is when jesus really gave the enemies ammunition let's put it that way Jesus was already making enemies, but this is where Jesus gave them ammunition to start spinning their lies about them, about him. Okay? And the next prophecy that Jesus did was deaf, heard, and the mute spake. Mark 7, 35-37. And straightway his ears were open, and the string of his tongue was loose, and he spoke plain. And he charged them, saying that, they sh that he should tell no one. Basically, Jesus was telling the guy he had just healed, don't tell anyone. But the more he told him not to tell anyone, the more big, the bigger the deal they made about it. And they were beyond measure astonished, saying, he had done all these things well. He make both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Now, in the meantime, and this is why Jesus was doing this stuff. Yes, he he did he did heal these people, and these people were sick, and these people were uh, infirm, and they had issues, and and everything was going on with these with these guys, these people, you know. But this is why, up to this point, why Jesus was doing this. John was John the Baptist was in jail. Now, why was John the Baptist in jail? He was not necessarily in jail for baptizing. As some people like to say, he was actually in, in jail because he told Herod that he was living in sin. He was told he told the uh, the person who was, quote unquote, ruling over Israel at the time that he was living in sin because he took um, his brother's Philip's wife. And so and John said, you know, it's, it's not lawful for you to have her. And we can go into that, and that's a whole different subject, but I'm trying to stay on task. And next thing you know, it'll be, this episode will be 48 minutes long, and you guys would have fell asleep. And I would have fell asleep trying to tell it to you. But the bottom line is, John was in jail. And while John was in jail, he was kind of feeling a, a kind of down away. You know, and he sent his disciples, which because John had disciples too, and he sent his disciple to ask Jesus if Jesus was the one that they should be looking for. Now, that means that there was John and a whole group of disciples looking for the Messiah because the Messiah was foretold. And John was probably not the first person that was looking for the Messiah. Remember, there was 400 years of silence between the end of the Old Testament and Jesus' birth. It was 400 years of silence. So those people probably looking for a Messiah that entire time. So now you have John here saying, okay, are you the Messiah or should we seek someone else? Now, Jesus says, and instead of getting, which I don't know if I was God, I'd probably be a little angry. I probably would. I'd be a little angry. But Jesus did not get angry. He didn't get snippy. He said, you know, in Matthew 11, 3 and 6, he said unto him, this is where Jesus is talking to John now. 
Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered, said unto him, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. Now he's saying, for the people who have heard the story of what Jesus have done, go tell John. Why? Because John is waiting, not for Jesus to say, I am, you know, I am the great grand potentate. I am the, I am God manifest in the flesh. He knows that John is looking for scriptures to be fulfilled. So the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. So this was Jesus saying, yeah. All he said, all I have to say, yeah, I'm, I am he. And the only time Jesus really said, I am he, was when he was talking to the Jews and then they tried to stone him. So Jesus was saying to tell John, let's, let's talk facts. Let's, let's mix it up. Okay, so who, what are you looking for in the Messiah? What, what does the prophets tell you to look for? These people are going to walk. These people are going to be, um, the people who are deaf are going to speak. I'm, I'm sorry, the people who are deaf are going to hear, the mute are going to speak, you know, and the, the poor in spirit are going to have the gospel preached unto them. And so all of these things having been done, then you know, you don't need to ask me, should you be looking for anybody else? Because no one else can do the things that I can do. So, and the reason why I can do them is because the Spirit of God gives me power to do these things. This is what, this is in plain talk, what Jesus is saying to John by sending him the people to tell John what Jesus has done. So now we move into the, it, from the era of prophecy filling, because Jesus did it exactly that way for a reason. Now we move into the heart of Jesus's ministry. And then this is where you have two different things going on. Jesus is pretty much rebuking the, the religious establishment and he's lifting and emboldening and loving on what we call the, the normal sinner, the world. He's loving on them. He's teaching them this is how you should live. But he's also rebuking the religious elite because, you know, they have taken that. They have allowed that power that God gave them to corrupt them. So we'll, we'll talk more about that. Now, some of the Jewish people were confused because they expected, you know, the Messiah to be born, you know, in a palace because, you know, when you look at the, the some of the prophecies that said, you know, the Messiah will be born of David. And by born of David, that simply means in the lineage of David. But Jesus was born of David, but he was not born in a palace. And they expected the Messiah to come in kind of like a um, kind of like a person on a white horse and then declare independence from Roman oppression and then make it happen, just miraculously raise an army and fight the Romans. This is what people started looking for because this is how the prophecies got skewed in the way it was being taught. So people started looking for that. But Jesus didn't come to establish a kingdom of Israel. Jesus came to establish a, a spiritual kingdom, a kingdom not of this world, a, a, a 
the kingdom for that that it doesn't matter who you are you could be a part of that kingdom john 18 and 36 jesus answered and said my kingdom is not of this world if my kingdom were of this world then would my servant fight that i should not be delivered to the jews but now is my kingdom not from hence jesus says jesus says so much in that sentence he says so much he said listen if i was if if i was coming to to set israel free my servants would rise up and fight rome but yet my servants will also fight to keep me out of the hands of the pharisees and jesus is already telling people right away that this thing is going to happen to him and he's he's starting to lay the groundwork of what of the real reason why he's here He's here to actually to be crucified for our sin. That's the, that's the main reason why he's here. Okay. Everything else is kind of like icing and dressing on the cake. Now, his message was not about revolution. His message was not about social justice. His message was not about whatever you want to put in for it. His message was about repentance. It, Mark 1 and 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. In other words, lay all that stuff, let all that stuff go. All that stuff that, that got you fighting and mad at each other and calling each other all kind of names, let that stuff go and repent because the, when, as far as the kingdom of God is concerned, none of that matters. Now, Jesus didn't come to um, align himself with the dignitaries. Matter of fact, the only time he had a friendly word to say to the dignitaries when he was about 12 years old. When he was reading that book in the temple and everybody was looking at him like, wow, he read that book. And that was the only time he had a friendly word to say to them. Now, when Jesus was tempted, he felt exactly what we feel. But he felt, um, he felt, it's kind of hard to explain it out here, but it, it's just kind of, he felt that, that pull, he felt that, that gnawing, he felt that, that almost impossible to resist sort of feeling that we feel when we are tempted. But yet, he lived his life without sin. We can talk about that all day long, about how, he actually lived above sin and it was the spirit of God in that fleshly body that allowed that fleshly body to live above sin. Hebrews 4, 15-16 But we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In other words, we, ha we don't have somebody who doesn't know what we're going through. Jesus is not, even though Jesus was God manifest in the flesh, God manifests himself in the flesh so that he could, A, not only know what we are going through on a daily basis, day in, day out. Somebody makes us mad, how we're supposed to react to that. Somebody, we like somebody and how we're supposed to react to that and how we're supposed to avoid sin and how we're supposed to avoid temptation. You know, you see somebody drop a $100 bill, you don't just scoop in there and grab it and say hallelujah anyhow. This is about, he literally was showing us how to live in the bodies that he gave us with the spirit that he gave us. 
but in all parts tempted like as we are I'm still reading now um, Hebrews 4 15 but in all parts was tempted as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the to help in the time of need let me stop right there and this is probably going to be where we end up today and this is going to answer your question ma'am you know who I'm talking to okay so you notice that in that verse right there it actually distinguishes between grace and mercy because we sometimes we tend to interchange these things and these things are not the same they are they work hand in hand but they they are not the same like um like your left foot and your right foot are not the same if you put them out of place you will fall if you put your right foot into your left shoe it will not be comfortable it doesn't work that way so what is grace grace is the idea grace is the the time between the t the moment you have sinned and i'm not telling you I'm, don't get it twisted let me stop here for station identification i'm not telling you get to go out and sin every day none of that sin a little bit every day none of that but i'm saying if if you get overtaken in a fall because we are striving to be like Christ. If you get overtaken, if you fall in sin, if something happens, if you if something happens and you need to come back and repent to God about, you know what I'm talking about. In your mind, you have already just imagined that thing that you've done, but you kind of trying to figure out if it's sin or not. If that has happened, if that moment has happened and you were not successful in avoiding that temptation, that from that moment on, for a specific amount of time, and don't ask me how much that time is, that's between you and God. But between that time and the time you say, God, forgive me, that is grace. That is grace. That is, that grace keeps from judgment, from hitting you right at that moment. That grace keeps you from, from losing your salvation in that moment. Now, and I'm, I'm I'm saying it this way because grace is not indefinite. It is not. There is a there is a set time, and we will talk about scriptures like that as we go through some of the, um, as we get further into the New Testament where it talks about there is a space. God will literally say, "I gave her space to repent." He says this in Revelation, "I gave them space to repent." That space to repent is your grace. Think of it like um, like a credit card. So you go out and you get a credit card and you make a big purchase. They say, well, you got 29 day grace period. If you pay that entire balance off within that 29 day grace period, you don't get charged interest. Kind of that same way. Mercy, on the other hand, mercy is completely wiping away of that sin, that forgiveness of that sin. So in this scenario, um, I don't know, let's, let's say you unwittingly, you unwittingly stole, I don't know, a pencil. And I'm, I'm being really trivial about this. So let's just say unwittingly, you, you took someone's pencil and you didn't realize it till you got home. And you say, oh my God, I, I took somebody's pencil, that's stealing. 
and then you start getting all guilt written and the devil start talking to you you ain't saved you going to hell okay so well now you you that grace this period is in effect already so now you say well god you know i'm i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that i i'm sorry i i'm i'm really sorry and you really repent of that and then you even go the step further of taking that pen back saying hey man listen i got this pen from you yesterday i'm i'm sorry do you want it back <laughs> and then people 90 of the time look at you like you fell off out of a tree and lands on your head but they'll say oh no fine you know keep it but now it's yours but here's the thing now you've obtained mercy not only from god from the person that you unwittingly stole from now they can't accuse you of stealing because they've already said you can have the thing. So now you have, now you have mercy. So this is how mercy and grace work together. Grace allows you that period of time to realize what you have done was wrong. You know, like you go to you go to church and the preacher says, "Hey, fornication is wrong," and then you start thinking about that thing you did a few nights ago that you knew you shouldn't have done, and so then now. Now you can say, oh, you know what, God, you, you know what? I am sorry. The spirit has convicted me. I'm sorry. I, now you've repented. God, I won't do this again. I won't do it again. And now you've repented. Now you can get mercy. And that's provided you've already been baptized in Jesus name, because that's what the remission of sins are for, to actually wipe away your sins. Yeah. You know, so, yes, grace and mercy are two different things. So, <laughs> thank you so much. I know this was kind of a heavy session today, but we're going to talk more about the differences between grace and mercy. Uh, we're going to talk more about the application of it. Um, and next week, we're going to go keep going further um, down through Jesus's ministry because now we are reaching the heart of his ministry. Thank you so much for liking and sharing and telling everyone else about this. But while you're telling other people about this podcast, just check in on them. See how they're doing. Uh, tell them that Jesus loves them. Tell them that you love them. Tell them that you've been thinking about them. Because people people these days really need to hear that. A lot of people do. I love you. And I thank you. And I just don't love you because you're listening to this podcast. I, I do this podcast because I love you. All right. You guys take care. And see you next week. Everything I've been do, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got this spread of little words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been do, give me a reason. Give me a reason.